Welcome to History Frogcast, a production of the TCU History Department, where we put the life and times of horned frogs into their rightful place in world history. I'm about that riff ram, bazoo, liggity liggity zoo zoo, ooh wah, wahoo, give them hell, TCU, riff ram, bazoo, liggity liggity zoo zoo. Howdy, y'all. My name is Anna Claire Taylor, and I am here today with my co-host, Sam Taylor. Today, y'all are in for a treat. So, so stay, stay tuned, tuned for some, some very exciting historical, historical banter. banter. Hey, Sam, isn't there a song you were asking me to play the other day? Something about marching in Berlin? Oh, yes. Marching through Berlin, otherwise known as We'll Be Singing Hallelujah, happens to be a favorite of mine. Written by Bob Reed and Harry Miller, released in 1942, this rendition is by the Royal Harmony Quartet. The lyrics describe victorious Allied soldiers, you guessed it, marching through Berlin while singing Hallelujah, after chasing away trouble and sending Hitler to his judgment day. An interesting aspect of this song I notice is the jubilant tone symbolizing the soldiers' joy because their faith saw them through the war. We'll be singing Hallelujah Marching through Berlin We'll be singing Hallelujah Marching through Berlin The devil put on a different face Came to play the human race We'll put that old devil back in his place Sing Hallelujah Oh yeah, that's the one. My fellow Americans, Last night, when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. The clip you just heard in the beginning of this episode was part of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's prayer for the Allied invasion of Normandy, otherwise known as D-Day, June 6, 1944. Faith was a central focus of the American government throughout the war because it was a common thread stringing many Americans together as they faced the uncertainty and frightening realities that inevitably rear their ugly heads during wartime, and because American troops historically relied upon their faith in times of war. Throughout FDR's clip, You may have heard his repeated references to strength, physical health, ideals, and a continued reliance on religion and faith. These are all things chaplains offer and help provide to troops. Today, we will explore how chaplains utilized religious and spiritual values in order to strengthen the faith of many troops in a number of mental, spiritual, and even physical ways, and ultimately how they helped the Allies decisively win World War II. We begin our podcast today from inside the Bright Divinity School located on Texas Christian University's campus. The primary focus of today's episode centers around Major Howard Daniel Morgan, a World War II veteran, fellow Horned Frog, and TCU alumnus. 
Major Morgan earned his undergraduate degree from TCU in 1939, and upon returning from the war, obtained his Master's in Divinity from Bright in 1950. We will also be connecting his legacy to some overarching themes while answering broader questions. Questions such as, what do chaplains do, and why does the military need them? What do most people not know about the chaplain corps that they should? What components of their roles are vastly misunderstood by the broader American public? What was the culture on college campuses such as TCU like during wartime? In what ways did individuals at the collegiate level play a role in the war? Most importantly, through exploring the service of Major Morgan, we will illustrate how U.S. military chaplains helped the Allies win the Second World War. Starting off, why does the military need chaplains? To answer that question, let's begin by exploring the varied roles and responsibilities of chaplains during the Second World War. Although chaplains were not intended to participate in combat, their varied duties proved essential to the combat effectiveness of American troops. Chaplains were mostly associated with conducting religious and funeral services. Chaplains also conducted sacred ceremonies such as military funerals and offered last rites. Additionally, as stated by Dr. Kurt Peeler during our interview, among a chaplain's chief responsibilities were sustaining morale, serving as a grief counselor, offering interfaith counseling, and promoting the mental health and well-being of service members. To better understand the role of chaplains during the Second World War, Anna Claire and I sought the insights of Dr. G. Kurt Peeler. Dr. Peeler earned his undergraduate degree at Drew University and both his master's and doctoral degrees in history from Rutgers University. Dr. Peeler is currently a professor at Florida State University and has authored several works, including A Religious History of the American GI in World War II. This particular book was instrumental to our research for this episode. Now, let's listen to Dr. Peeler as he further explains roles chaplains played during World War II. One more question we have is that so the main topic of our podcast is how did U.S. military chaplains help the Allies win the Second World War? So do you have anything in specific for your research or findings that you would say uh-huh. helped us directly win the war? Well, I mean, one is, is they really were crucial for sustaining morale and explaining why soldiers fought. They were part of that effort. And they're really, I mean, and morale, and they're the ones that make sense uh, to GIs, for example, when their comrades die. Uh, they're counseling, they play, they are... For a very overstretched medical, you know, medical system, they are the counselors. They, every chaplain of every faith, will counsel men from different faiths, and they, many of them do a pretty good job about it. I think those are two really crucial uh, points for morale and explanation, but also their role as a second, as really important role of counselors. Also, is in an era when there's still a lot of stigma to psychiatric care and mental health counseling. A lot of people would have had less problems seeing the chaplain. And chaplains generally embrace that role. Essentially, what we might term mental health counselors, grief counselors, all the terms we now give to professionals. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Without these services, military personnel would have lacked the physicality and mental fortitude needed to succeed in and survive a war. Chaplains were the individuals responsible in large part for the mental health of troops. As General George Patton asserted, if you're going to win any battle, you have to make the mind run the body. General Patton's remark makes clear why mental strength is important for service persons. Chaplains also ensured American service members were free to exercise all their religious rights found in the Constitution. The service of chaplains ascertained the government did not infringe upon the rights of its citizens. Prayer was the primary factor sustaining troops in combat. Without the mental capacity required to wage a war, American service personnel would have been incapable of winning one. Chaplains not only worked to strengthen the minds of troops, but also their souls. 
In a more lighthearted role, chaplains organized social events and leisure activities for their troops. Beer was even provided at these events, to which some chaplains objected as they were the ones responsible for supplying it. Hey Sam, do you know if those TCU chaplains happen to provide beer at social events too? Um, I wouldn't get your hopes up, Anna Claire. Because enlisted personnel vastly outnumbered chaplains, many chaplains rode circuits to service troops across multiple units along the front lines. This put chaplains at greater risk while meeting their obligations. As such, chaplains often experienced intense enemy encounters on the front lines. Major Morgan's taking of prisoners is a testament to this frontline reality as evidenced in a TCU Skiff article. In May 1945, just as the fighting in Germany was coming to a bitter close, Chaplain Howard Daniel Morgan had one of his most harrowing experiences of the war. While riding with a convoy, Major Morgan and his corporal became separated from the rest of their unit. Skiff reads, While wandering around in some woods, 23 German soldiers appeared and surrendered to them. That afternoon, as the pair continued through the woods with their fresh captives, additional Germans surrendered to Chaplain Morgan until he had taken nearly a hundred. Patrolling and taking prisoners was certainly not in the chaplain's job description. The Skiff article explains that Major Morgan had several narrow escapes while serving overseas, and twice his jeep was destroyed by shell fragments. Moments like those experienced by Major Morgan demonstrate why the chaplain corps proved indispensable to the Allied war effort. As we will discuss, chaplains frequently served in roles they were not intended to fill. As evidenced in the 1943 training film, For God and Country, produced by the Army Signal Corps for the War Department, chaplains at times performed the life-saving role of medic. In the following clip, Chaplain Michael O'Keefe leaves his foxhole to tend to a wounded soldier. Chaplain O'Keefe renders aid as the music grows increasingly ominous. Unfortunately, Chaplain O'Keefe makes the ultimate sacrifice when a shell lands on their position. Like traditional medics, chaplains served unarmed. With regard to the conventions of war, this made them ideal to tend to wounded. Since chaplains administered last rites to dying soldiers, they were naturally in position to aid wounded. Saving the lives of wounded so they may return to service gave the Allies more soldiers at their disposal. More men on the front lines gave the Allies advantage in battle. Due to the role chaplains played as medics, countless Allied lives were spared and more battles were won. Chaplains not only provided service members peace of mind, mental health, and spiritual strength, but enabled the military to perform at its best. Chaplains not only conducted last rites, they saved lives. Chaplains patrolled, took prisoners, and fought. The chaos and fog of war often necessitated going above and beyond one's standard responsibilities. The above duties were all integral to the Allied war effort. Because chaplains enabled American soldiers, sailors, and airmen to perform to their fullest extent, they played an essential role in helping the Allies win the Second World War while solidifying their place as an essential component of the United States military. Because of the diverse roles chaplains played, they undoubtedly helped the Allies win the Second World War. Now that we've illustrated the various roles chaplains served during the Second World War and how their contributions helped the Allies win, 
Let's take a look at how World War II changed life on TCU's campus for students during wartime. TCU's fight song, composed in 1926 by then-band director Claude Samus, has united Horn Frogs for nearly 100 years. The fight song certainly inspired and comforted Horn Frogs during World War II. On our very own college campus, Texas Christian University, here in Fort Worth, there was an especially prominent fervor regarding not just World War II, but more specifically, the Chaplain Corps. World War II drastically changed the way of life on campus here at TCU. Normal college activities were the central focus of many students' lives, and worries of war, death, and democracy were the last of their frenzied worries. However, through the Chaplain Corps and on-site recruiting and training through the Bright Divinity School, the culture on campus changed during the war. Yearbook entries from the wartime years depict a shift from what was once idyllic, youthful, if not brazen activities, to what could only be described as wartime activities. Throughout the war, each year's edition of the Horned Frog Yearbook dedicated a page to honoring the country and the military's defense of American ideals and principles. FDR called these values the four essential human freedoms. These freedoms included freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. American flags were boasted on several pages of each edition, and heartwarming messages were distributed to all students via the written word. In fact, what today may look like sorority and fraternity formals, then was the specter of the social scene and was the military balls. Each year, students honored their fellow students who served as soldiers and even the chaplains from Bright, in a military ball formal that was praised and admired by all. The wartime years drastically shifted life at TCU. There was a strong community of military support on campus, but especially for the Chaplain Corps. It is easy to picture what school life was like for Major Howard Daniel Morgan during his times as a horned frog. I do have to ask myself, I wonder what TC would look like if we were to go into war today. Maybe creating more formals and social events is the best way to entice students to support a war. Throughout the war, TCU not only helped satisfy the need for chaplains, TCU is also home to a Navy V-12 unit. V-12 units helped produce officer candidates who would go on to serve in the armed forces upon graduation. Of the 131 schools across the nation who hosted a V-12 program, TC was one of only 88 private institutions to do so. In another SCIF article, published in May 1945, the military appears to have a noticeable presence on campus, and students in ROTC and the V-12 program are the central focus. This SCIF article recounts several all-campus events dedicated to and honoring those in the Navy V-12 unit. When looking at SCIF issues over time, you can see a transition over the course of the war as cultural and social shifts occurred on campus, as previously evidenced by the changing focus of social events. All wartime SCIFs were sprinkled with updates about TCU's V-12 division and Horn Frog's contributions to the war effort. In fact, TCU received glowing reviews regarding its participation in and promotion of the overall war effort. One SCIF stated, A visiting officer from the 8th Naval District completed an inspection of TCU's V-12 unit. A letter from one of the officers commended TCU's scholastic contribution to the all-out war effort. Furthermore, 
the officer asserted, such success does not just happen. TCU should take a bow. And TCU certainly took a bow, for the 1946 issue of the Horned Frog magazine highlights veterans attending TCU on the GI Bill. Many of these vets earned their undergraduate degrees from TCU and returned for graduate degrees. Ultimately, chaplains were awesome in World War II. They played an important role in the overall war effort, encompassing physical, spiritual, and mental health. However, the support for these young servicemen would not have been possible without the even more awesome TCU. TCU itself contributed through various programs, including ROTC, the Navy V-12 program, and the helpful education offered by Bright Divinity School. This school served as a foundation of support and direction for its students and allowed them the environment with which to foster their growing success and involvement in the war effort. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of FrogCast. We hope you depart with a better understanding of what the Chaplain Corps is, how TCU was impacted by World War II, and how chaplains helped the Allies win the Second World War. Anna Claire, what is your favorite role that chaplains played during World War II? Well, although the idea of enjoying a beer at church does sound pretty cool, on a serious note, I want to highlight the fact that the service of chaplains ensured soldiers were able to exercise their religious rights and freedoms found in the Constitution while in service to their government and nation. Yes, yes, I completely agree. As you prepare to depart, please take a moment and listen to the bells of TCU's chapel that provided comfort, healing, and peace of mind to horned frogs as war raged around the world. Do you want to dive deeper into the history of TCU, and more specifically the alumni who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave generations of horned frogs the opportunity to continue their education? If so, be sure to tune in to the next episode where Sydney and Armando explore the role of TCU alumni in the invasion of Normandy, with special attention given to two TCU horned frogs who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives during the Second World War. TCU! Give them hell, TCU! Until next time, Riff Ram, y'all. TCU. Riff Ram.